Welcome back to Director Showdown. It's uh, your lovely co-host Brent here with my lovely other co-host Adam. It's Adam Dolphin, as per usual. Not not a uh, not Dennis. Thank not, God. No, not not Dennis. Uh, we, you know, after the kind of epic climax of the the last episode that you guys have heard. Uh, we kind of came to a bit of a, a peaceful uh, kind of eye of the storm armistice arrangement with Dennis, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're what both, are the? We're, yeah. Brent and I are very exhausted, mm-hmm. and uh, we need a little break. And Dennis was kind enough to like say, "Hey, you know, let's let's all just take a a quick breather." You yeah, know what I mean, so before getting you know potentially back into it, which you know is a whole whole another situation, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we wanted to to come at you guys here with a, a bit of a uh, bit of a you know another bonus episode for season two here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this this time we we thought it could coincide with a, you know a, kind of a upcoming event that I think uh, you and I are both really excited for, Adam. Oh yeah. Uh, so Dennis decided, hey, like you can you guys can uh, take a break and watch a movie and. What better movie to watch than the original Blade Runner mm-hmm. by Ridley Scott? I don't know about the original Blade Runner because there's been so many different versions, but uh, we settled on the uh, yeah the eighty-two, the eighty-two uh, final cut version. Oh, of, I see what you uh, mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Ridley God. Scott's classic sci-fi neo-noir uh, film, Blade Runner. We're really excited to. Uh, I think, and you know, I don't think Dennis is going to be on this episode. He actually kind of, uh, I'm looking at him right now and he is hunched over asleep, which is kind of how he gets after, you know, he goes full kind of Dennis yeah, Hulk mode. Of, there's a little bit of a plant vomit surrounding him. So he's a little, I guess he's a little exhausted. Now. Yeah. He, uh, I, I guess he hit up those plants again on his way, you know, over here. Uh, he, fuck God, he loves eating those plants. But, uh, and he, you know, he also seemed kind of okay with the idea of us doing Blade Runner just because, um, and not a lot of people know this, but he's in it. Yeah. Um, can you believe that? When we saw Dennis mm-hmm. in Blade Runner, I was just like, what? Yeah. I, well, I immediately I recognized him yeah. now, um, as being the little Napoleon robot figure that, uh, yeah. uh, that uh, welcome. All right, Sebastian. That uh, Sebastian makes uh, walking around his little uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that was Dennis. So he seemed to kind of uh, to be, and that's the only thing he's ever been in. Interestingly enough, I mean, it's it's strange that he had kind of this Hollywood career uh, prior to 
kind of uh, showing up in our, in our neck of the woods in our yeah, lives. I mean, if if it w- if the uh, animosity wasn't so high between Dennis and us, I mean, I would love to hear his stories on the mm-hmm. set with Ridley Scott and how yeah. he works. And boy, I bet there's yeah. some some stories that you know we'll definitely touch on in a uh, little trivia corner later. Some fascinating stuff in the making of this movie. Uh, but for now, I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about Blade Runner. We're going to, mm. we're going to, uh, you know, talk about how hyped we are for 2049, which when you guys hear this, if you're listening to it, when it comes out, we'll be coming out this weekend, uh, mm. on Friday, the 6th of October, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, all the buzz is great. We're really excited for it. Uh, our boy Denny taking a crack at the, uh, taking a crack at the old, sequels now yeah Yeah. not to be confused with dennis yeah different (laughs) different yeah um (laughs) quite quite the contrary quite the opposite to our boy dennis Mm. um is uh our boy denny villeneuve Mm. but um yeah so we watched blade runner the final cut today yeah Um, the key key word there the mm -hmm. final cut Mm -hmm. because how many how many uh cuts are there there's like a director's cut. I think cut there's, and then I there's, think there's original f- cut and four then... <laughs> in total, and that's not even including yeah. the. And I don't want to like get into get in too early on the trivia, but the first cut of this movie is four hours, and uh, really? they had to really fucking whittle it down. But uh, yeah, there's like the theatrical cut. There is the uh, the cut that came after. Um, I think it was when it was first released on VHS and like. Uh, well, I guess it's probably VHS because it was the eighties. I was said like on DVD. Nope, no, not quite. laser disc. Right? Laser disc, probably. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they released the cut with uh, some narration, which we'll have some trivia on later. Yeah, it was also on vinyl as well, I think, and vinyl uh, cassette. Yeah, on cassettes too. You could listen to the movie, uh, which I really wouldn't mind doing. That'd probably be really like. Really interesting. Probably put oh, me right man. to sleep, kind of like this movie does. That's not even a dig at the movie. Well, we'll talk yeah. about that later. But um, uh, yo, I got, I got my, <laughs> I got my Blade Runner vinyl. Check it out. Yeah, it check it out. Put it on. You just like listen to like scenes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Off the shoulder of Orion. Um, like tears in the rain. <laughs> I would love that. Actually, that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> um, and then yeah, the final cut. And I think there was like one other cut because I remember hearing that there were four. But anyways, we watched the final cut. I think I want to say like the definitive version. Um, it has all the pieces in there. That um, it's really the only cut I've ever seen. I've never seen the other ones. That's true. I think it's the hilarious. only one I've seen. Yeah. I think it's the no. You know what? The one I had on DVD, which was the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. was the director's cut. Oh. And I think that was pretty much the. I'm trying to remember now because I think it was pretty much the same version. But I think there was maybe one more scene with the um, unicorn. Yeah, right, the the ending scene. What are you talking about? Um, not even that one, but the one I think. Like oh, I think there was a second sequence. dream yeah. sequence, um, which was kind of redundant. And I think there was maybe like one or two more scenes with like right. yeah. Deckard's story with him kind of hunting the replicants. Because watching the final cut the first time, I was like, I don't remember ever seeing this scene. So I mean, it's pretty close to this cut. But um, I mean, yeah. What are your general thoughts, Adam, on like this movie and like how? how well, yeah. I guess uh, before I get right into it, mm-hmm. um, I'll just give a. I guess we should have done this way before, but yeah. a brief. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Plot summary. <laughs> Oopsie yeah, daisy. For those pe- <laughs> for people who want to get a get maybe refreshed on what the core mm-hmm. um, idea about this movie, and hopefully this summary encompasses all four versions. Yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> that there's at least some consistency between yeah, all of them. Yeah. But um, this one's given to us by Mad Movie Maniac. Isn't that a little redundant? Like mad. you're you're a mad movie. Maybe he's maniac okay. about mad well, movies. Well, no, he's a movie maniac. Like, he goes crazy for movies, but he's fucking mad about it. <laughs> he's crazy. Oh, God, I fucking... Shit, man, did you see that new movie? He gets pissed, man. He gets pissed. <laughs> At least there's no, like, numbers in his name. I'll yeah, 69, 69, 420, blaze it. <laughs> Thanks, mad movie maniac. You're cool. <laughs> in the 21st century, a corporation develops human clones to be used as slaves in colonies outside the Earth identified as replicants in 2019 a former police officer is hired to hunt down a fugitive group living undercover in los angeles that's great that is that's that's yep. great because that's just exactly what i want yeah you know? that is uh yeah that's one of the most solid summaries we've gotten that's very like like first 30 minutes setting up the movie mm. like you know what's going on um yeah that's that's super solid yeah, the core uh, idea of what, what's happening in the plot and this other fucker says, "I'm not going to read the I'm not going to read the whole thing." But okay. he starts off saying, "In a cyberpunk vision of the future." And I'm fuck like, you. "Fuck you, fuck you, asshole." <laughs> I like oh, Kira. <laughs> oh, I, re- I read Neuromancer. I'm a I'm, I like these movies. <laughs> fuck fuck you, asshole. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and that was given to us by Gravy Roy. Gravy even, Roy. No, great, great gra- May. I don't know how to pronounce oh, it. Oh, I thought you said Gravy Roy. <laughs> like I'm Roy, but a boy, I like gravy. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it as lore, as like his name's Gravy Roy. Okay, yeah. That, so fuck you, Gravy Roy. Yeah, uh, hope Mad Movie fuck. Maniac. You're cool. Yeah, Mad Movie Maniac's cool. Um, but yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on on Blade Runner? Just like a general, you know, idea. um. I might be hopping around too much to historical context, at least in my own personal uh, yeah. thing. But when I first saw this, um, my mother was going to college. Uh, she's doing her um, undergrad for sociology. Okay. And I think one of her classes actually recommended to watch Blade Runner. Oh. And um, that's when I was like, I've never seen this. So this is when I was like, Probably early high school or something. I don't know. Okay. Something yeah. like that. But um, she had watched it, and then I watched it, and I started like thinking, like, what are the um, what are the implications? Like, why would a soci- why would a sociology, you know, class be um, recommending this movie? And there's there's a lot of um, ideas about like class mm-hmm. class systems in this, and just general identity. You know, and like what it is to be um, human. So I was like, okay, yeah. this is actually makes a lot of sense for a sociology class. Yeah, society. for sure. And um, when I saw it then, um, I loved it just because, you know, I just had that noir itch that I that I always have. Mm-hmm. Like anything that serves that is usually really great in my did this book. like if you saw it that early did this kind of like kickstart that like fetish of yours 
for, Probably. for stuff like this? Because yeah. like, if you saw it that young, like ever since I knew you, you really liked stuff like this almost. Yeah, so probably. I wonder if it was like really like thanks, getting Mom. in on the ground floor. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. I'll say thanks for uh, getting, yeah, starting my fetish. Of yeah, kickstarting. Neo-noir film. Yeah, that neon like futurist fetish. Well, yeah, because it's like I never had seen, because like I was already into Reservoir Dogs, you know, this okay. kind of neo-noir yeah. stuff. And I've always been into sci-fi, but then when I saw like Blade Runner mm-hmm. and then you combine noir and sci-fi, I just kind of like, I guess I came my pants, you know, <laughs> it's like two things I really love yeah. put together. Um, but yeah, like I hadn't, uh, I mean, when I saw it, the the biggest thing that actually just popped out to me was not even the noir aspects was mainly like. I mean, this sounds so cliche, but everybody talks about um, how um, Roy Hauger's um, last monologue before he he mm-hmm. uh, he dies, where he says, "You know, tears in the rain" stuff, mm-hmm. and like I just uh, that was a super emotional part that I loved so much. Yeah, like, it's just had so much meaning to mm-hmm. it for me. That's what I took away from it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm actually kind of down to do um, historical context, yeah, like yeah. at like up front here, because mm. I've I've kind of like really gone on a journey with this movie, um, and like the first time I saw it, I I don't think I even like stayed awake for the whole thing. Like I think I watched it pretty late and I fell asleep, and like I I just didn't connect with it. I didn't I didn't I wasn't like on its wavelength. Uh, there were a couple more times that I tried to watch it and I, I really couldn't get into it. Mm. Um, it was like a very, it's a, it's a very, uh, methodically paced movie. It's a little slow in parts. Um, but you know, o- over time when I would like come back to it, um, I think it was like probably when I was going to UTSA that I like really like I, I sat down and watched it again and I watched it all the way through and I was like, okay, this isn't trying to be like, because when you hear about, like the classic Blade Runner and then you see the images, like you kind of have this idea in your mind that it's going to be almost this like, like action drama, sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, Almost like that. Yeah. And you see Harrison Ford and you have, you have that preconceived notion uh, going into it. And so I had kind of that baggage that I had to kind of like throw out the window slowly before I like watched it and like could take it on its own terms. And when I finally did that, like it's such a, fucking good movie like it's it has those like noir elements of like movies in the 40s and 50s uh mixed with like this uh you know production design and aesthetic and uh setting that i fucking love which is like the the near future um and it's it's so great like it's it's like it has a lot of uh philosophical ideas going on mm-hmm. in it about like the nature of humanity and stuff and um yeah, I mean this movie like like I told you before like it it gets better every time I watch it. Like I pick up on something else um that I didn't catch before. So, I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah, the uh the final cut, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the final cut. I can't final speak to the other versions. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know though if those are like floating around. Like I guess like maybe VHS copies of like the one with the voiceover and stuff, but I don't think they made a DVD of it. Oh really? Yeah, I think those are kind of like buried. <laughs> like I, I don't think like those George are floating Lucas's, around. Like uh, George Lucas's Star Wars. 
Christmas movie, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, the Jesus Christ, that garbage. What is it no, called? the uh the Christmas special on it was like uh, Life Day or some shit. Yeah, Wookiee Life Day, I think, something like that. But hey. no, you know what? Now now that you mention it, I remember that um this was even before I saw it, I remember seeing that there was like a cut in uh Walmart that had uh every version. It was like see, all I of thought, the versions. Yeah, I thought the I should look at my Blu ray again and see if it has the different versions maybe it, on maybe it. it will yeah yeah um but uh yeah i mean i i, I love this movie it's 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 great can't right. wait to see where it goes next <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's hear some uh some trivia Do you have yeah some man there us? there's a lot of really really interesting trivia on this one so you had mentioned when we were watching it like the effects on the eyes mm-hmm. um that kind of like glowy effect on the replicant's eyes mm-hmm. Um, so Ridley Scott and Jor- Jordan Cronenweth achieved the fame. Okay. He's the cinematographer right. achieved the famous shining eyes effect by using a technique invented by Fritz Lang known as the Schuften process. Uh, light. You is- have to say it more German. Schuften process. Boy, that wasn't anything. Was it? Uh, it <laughs> was an effort. Yeah, I guess. I guess we can call it that. Uh, light is bounced into the actor's eyes off a piece of half-mirrored glass mounted at a 45-degree angle to the camera. Oh, So cool. it's a very, like, elaborate thing. Yeah. So I guess it's like it was mounted in front of the camera and, f- like... Yeah, diagonally. Between so, the actor yeah. and the camera, I guess, then, I see. right? I can imagine how it is. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of how they achieve that effect. Um, and... Um, because, like, that's... the. That was the interesting part is that the way that they're, um, the way that the lighting on uh, the actors and act- actresses, you couldn't tell that there was a light being shined on their, on their face, mm-hmm. but you could tell like the eye was still catching something because it's trying to show obviously that they're a replicant, do the that eye. So I guess like, that's super clever to think of a little contraption to, uh, yeah, have a light shine in their eye that gets picked up without having it uh be some kind of effect or anything yeah like, like well blow off blow off their um blow out their face you know what i mean oh yeah i see what you mean yeah because then it yeah. would ruin the whole noir like uh, lighting within mm-hmm. it so, yeah that's pretty cool that dark aesthetic i mean just kind of keeping in uh <laughs> with the director of photography which you had asked me about like who who was he before the movie and i was mm-hmm. like i don't recognize him this is really interesting kind of heartbreaking um, so director of photography, Jordan Cronenweth was just starting to really suffer from, uh, the Parkinson's disease that would ultimately kill him. Jesus Christ. Uh, it, this is crazy and was often quite weak during the long days and nights of filming. By the end of the production, he was in a wheelchair. Oh my God. Uh, but according to Ridley Scott, Cronenweth was a real trooper who did his work throughout the difficult shoot until the end. So that's wild, man. Like he, so he had that. Oh shit. What is that? I don't know. What the hell? It's like slamming on the ceiling. Who fucking knows what's happening anymore? Um, Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. God, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, so Ridley Scott regards Blade Runner as probably his most personal and complete film, which ironically took four versions of to <laughs> be complete. I guess like if you had such a... Um, I mean, I'm giving... Scott here the benefit of the doubt and mm. saying if it is his most personal film I can totally understand why you would go through so many different cuts 
You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a result of it being his most personal film yeah. that he did that. That makes sense. Yeah, because if you don't find it as personal, you're just going to kind of let it you're just gonna let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I have noticed that... Uh, okay, so he's done that a lot more for Blade Runner than his other movies. Right. But I definitely have noticed, like, that kind of... That uh, George Lucasy trend with him, yeah. where, like, he'll revisit... Um, like the version of Alien that I have on Blu-ray, there's a uh, intro That's with right, him yeah. where he's like, hey, guys, uh, this is my final version. I uh, put some stuff in here that I really thought was missing. and But the thing about uh, that separates him from George Lucas is I feel like his editions don't uh, fucking bastardize uh, the original version. So mm. I'll leave that where it lies. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Oh, this. Okay. So. Yeah, uh, Deckard and Rachel, the girl who played uh, Rachel the Replicant, uh, which is her name in the credits. You see Rachel the Replicant. Um, uh, When he stops her from leaving his apartment, he pushes her away from him. The expression of pain and shock on her face was real. Sean Young said that Harrison Ford had difficulties playing the scene with her and had pushed her too hard. Uh, However, when he saw how angry she was and that she was crying, he affectionately mooned her to break the ice. <laughs> so he showed her he showed her his ass his ass yeah i guess to the to break up. the tension yeah. yeah which i guess in some circles there's a lot of there's a you know i don't know assault, i don't I mean. know what other movie but i feel like other movies also have actors just mooning people like that's like a thing that really was a big deal right like right? in the in the late Wasn't 90s like Sam, early like uh, yeah, like uh, Mark Hamill had like moon somebody. I forgot like what movie it was though. Oh, okay. You're saying like behind the scenes? Yeah, behind the scenes. Okay, like, like people, to break the tension. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it was during Star Wars actually. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I, I remember something um, about that. Okay, so the ending title sequence in the theatrical cut of the film. This is pretty great. This, we're tying this back to season one right now okay. um, of the film. Contains unused footage from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, these were extra shots of the main title sequence, although none of the shots contain the road that was seen in the shining. That's pretty interesting. The one that released in theaters had a little, little shining, little Kubrick, uh, behind the camera cameo there. Interesting. Um, uh, tying to this season a little bit, uh, Philip. Okay. So Philip K. Dick saw only the opening 20 minutes of footage prior to his death on Mm. March 2nd, 1982. So he died the year this came out. Uh, he was extremely impressed and had been quoted by Paul Salmon as saying, it was my own interior world. They caught it perfectly. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's that's impressive. Um, and then it says this kind of like passive aggressive cap oh. on that by saying, however, neither Ridley Scott nor screenwriter David Webb Peoples actually read Dick's novel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little bit crazy. I know the other screenwriter... Um, well, Fuck, I'm forgetting his name. Read it. Read yeah, it. the other screenwriter read it. <laughs> and what's interesting is, because um, this is in this trivia too, I, I can't find the actual quote, but the other screenwriter that didn't read it read it and didn't like it <laughs> and uh, made some changes well, and did all how, that stuff. I mean, that's how you have to I adapt mean, though, right? You have to take well, the idea and... Well, I mean, Kubrick didn't like A Clockwork Orange when he first read it, so I don't know. Well, and then famously, The Shining... Yeah. Too. Like he adapted The Shining and then Changed took what he it. wanted and it made it know. way better than probably the novel. Yeah. Sorry, Stephen King. Sorry, sorry, Steve. We know you listen. Mm. Um, 
Well, so, you just don't know movies, Stevie. <laughs> you don't know movies. You like the Dark yeah. Tower. You like writing books. You just, you're more of a book guy. You like the written word. Stick to the stick to the books, Stevie. <laughs> God, man, there's so much trivia that I feel like I'd be doing like an injustice not touching on. So uh, Ridley Scott and Michael Dealey, the producer, were fired briefly uh, from the production. Oh, no, it doesn't even say, oh, we're briefly fired from production shortly after principal photography wrapped. Um, there's, this is very long. But basically, they were doing like test screenings that were not going well. Uh-huh. And then that's when the studio decided, hey, let's do let's do a little voiceover. Let's do a little voiceover work. And a bunch of people came in to write the voiceover. Um, pretty much everybody oh, hated God. it. Yeah. Uh, historically, Harrison Ford hated it. Do you? You know that yeah, story. Yeah, like I I saw some clips of the VO that Harrison Ford did. <laughs> and boy, they are rough. You mm. could tell that Harrison Ford did like not care to do these. Yeah. And they're in places that ruin the emotional moment of it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like when uh when the whole tears in the rain scene like after he dies, how how's character dies like he's talking like when they show harrison ford like he's like talking like his there's a vo happening i'm like this is ruining that oh moment. god and that's when he died and i went back on the force and i became a uh blade runner again and it's just like i no, learned no. <laughs> i learned that replicants are humans too and let me spell out the fucking meaning oh of this jesus film. christ i'm so happy that that is not Hopefully, for future generations, that's not Let's what people see. Let's just get rid of that, yeah. Um, yeah, interestingly enough, the final scene was shot literally hours before the producers uh, took creative control away from oh, Ridley shit. Scott. So they like just finished up the movie, and the fucking guys came in, and they were like, hey, you know what, ah, we're going to have to you know, fire you from this. <laughs> um, let's see. What else we got here? Okay, okay, yeah, I mentioned Neuromancer a little bit earlier. So when author William Gibson went to see Blade Runner, he was preparing to begin his first novel, Neuromancer. However, 20 minutes into Blade Runner, he got up and walked out of the cinema (laughs) because he was so shocked by the similarities between the film and his as-yet-unwritten novel. That's so That's fascinating. So really, like, Blade Runner... Because, like, uh, a lot of people, I think... uh, Len Neuromancer as like the start of the uh what is it? You said cyberpunk. the word cyberpunk. Let's cyberpunk well, when, ideal. When, when did Akira come out? Let me see. Let me check. Okay, you check quick. on that. Yeah. Um let's see. God, there's just so much shit. Um let's see here. Oh, Akira, sexy dresses, cute crop tops, and so many shoes. That's really my favorite aspect of the movie, is all the stuff you just mentioned. <laughs> No, it's like it's like Akira is appar- apparently some apparel place too. But anyways, it was 1988, so after Blade Runner, after so it okay. must have been directly Influ- I influenced. I see that by Blade Runner. And yeah. the final thing that I wanted to bring up, um, because it t- it ties back into season one in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. So I want to lead with this: Blade Runner and the Thing which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie came out the same weekend as ET and what you saying the thing blade runner and ET all 
Same fucking what? weekend. Yeah. Man, what that's a weekend. That's fucking insane, right? No, that's crazy, right? And What weekend? What's the date on that? Um, It doesn't say. Oh, I know, I know. I'm sorry. But same weekend. Um, Blade Runner did very badly at the box office. Yeah, totally the thing uh, historically did really, really bad at the box office and with critics. Um, which so is what you're crime. saying is... Fuck Steven Spielberg. What I'm saying what is, is Steven that Spielberg ruins other good movies with his shit he, films. He, That's what you're saying. What I'm saying is audiences connect with Spielberg in a way that okay, let me let me uh let me re- restart that sentence and oh say God. the studios who release Blade Runner and The Thing should have been more confident in their fucking products, man. And they should have not released it this because that's three fuck no, I almost said three alien movies in one weekend, but Blade Runner's not an alien movie. Uh three sci fi <laughs> movies. movies yeah. Um in the same weekend. And uh yeah, I'll just read a little bit through this. Although there was praise for the okay, this is talking about Blade Runner. Although there was praise for the visual style, word of mouth about the film's slow pace and bleak themes quickly caused a decrease in attendance ratings. Oh my Both God. movies would later reach cult status and achieve critical praise, referring, of course, to Blade Runner and the thing. NET everybody loves. But I thought that was a really interesting thing because like we're kind of in this era now where a movie like E. T. is like directly coming back and influencing things like uh, like the it box office, yeah, and things like that, yeah. and also Stranger Things, which everybody fucking loved on Netflix. And I just thought that was a really interesting like moment in history that like really like diverged kind of these paths that would like lead us to today in terms of like what was popular with moviegoers and people who view movies. So that was pretty much the final thing that I had in trivia. There's a lot of fucking really good trivia there. Mm-hmm. Um. That's that's pretty. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that's so what weird. a what a weekend, dude. If I was like, I feel I I like to think that if I was my age now, or maybe a little bit younger, in 1982, like I would have seen all these movies and just been fucking like blown away, like at, at just the variety that was like in theaters, you know, mm-hmm. and enjoyed all of them for well, different it was, reasons. It was June 25th. June 25th. Yeah. Yeah. So it was summer. A summer. Summer. Summer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 1982, man, that's weird. Cause mm-hmm. like, I feel like the thing would have been great in December. Like I have a December yeah, movie, a Christmas you know? movie, like a, well, not that, I, that sounds like facetious, but like, yeah, like a, a kind of like in that time of the year. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. And then Blade Runner <laughs> fall. I guess. <laughs> I mean, 20, 20 I, I mean, guess. studios, it's current studios now, so. have decided, yeah, that fall would be. Which I think is probably probably better. Let the summer kind of uh, bonanza die down, and then you know, mm. let people come back to it. So, uh, do you have any signature moves of Ridley Scott? I know this is a little hard <laughs> since we haven't been watching many of his movies, but um, let's take a stab at it. Fuck, man! Because um, like in his filmography, he's done Alien, so like that's. Um, 79 right 79 yeah, yeah. that really um got him to the place that he that he is now and what else did he do i mean he did for me he said he did uh <laughs> so he okay uh uh 
Um, signature move. He really likes uh, revisiting the past. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a broad, I guess, uh, idea. But he really likes revisiting things that either he's done or... No, I mean that he's done. Like, he likes revisiting them and, like, adding scenes and kind of, like, reworking them. Or he likes to uh, make prequels to them until the end of his life. So... <laughs> Well, I mean, his um, man. I'm sorry, Ridley Scott, but your filmography is just not. He, dude, he's had some. He's had some best. hits, man. He has a. Uh, he did Gladiator. Gladiator's yeah, Gladiator fucking great. great. Martian, I thought was really, really good. But he also did Exodus, Gods and Kings. Yeah. And uh, Robin Hood. Yeesh. With uh, our boy Russell Bro. And uh, the Counselor. Everyone remember oh, that that's movie? the one where uh, uh, Cameron Diaz fucks a car. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've heard that scene described, but I kind of want to see it just because I'm really fucking curious about like how that plays out. You did out. Thelma and Luis. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know, that. know that either. Fuck. I never, I've never seen that. I haven't it's either. It's been on but, my list yeah. for a long time, but I just haven't. Okay. I know he did um, G.I. Jane. Boy, he did G.I. Jane. He did G.I. Jane. You know, my my dad loved that movie. And that movie's like pretty good. Is it good? Yeah, it's actually pretty solid. Um it's like a very like uh like go woman movie. Um but I mean it's I like solid. how you say that, you know, the inflection of your voice. Well, I, I didn't mean woman. that as like a negative thing. Uh but Leo Mortensen's in G.I. Jane, what? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I haven't seen it since I was like 10. I know he did uh, Alexander, which I heard the director's cut is actually a very good really? movie. But apparently it wasn't received great. Mm. But, man, dude, it's it's hard. It's hard. I, I guess, like, science fiction is a bit of a staple for him. Like, he likes kind of going back to science fiction movies. Well, at least in, 20, in the late 2010s, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, everything else here are pretty kind of, they're kind of action dramas from what I'm looking at. You're mm -hmm. like American Gangster, which was great. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that movie's really, really solid. He seems like a typical Hollywood kind of director, man. You know, I don't know. He he um, seems, uh, yeah, dude, he seems kind of like the. He's like a better Brett Ratner. That's kind of, yeah, you kind of put the words out of my mouth. Like, a version of. Similarly, to harken back to this season a little bit, like with what Linklater did with School of Rock, mm. like that kind of seems like who he is. Like he doesn't uh, generally he doesn't write. I don't think he. You could look at the credits. I don't think he yeah. writes usually, mm. uh, but he takes scripts and he knows how to turn them into like a very entertaining uh, movie. Like that kind of seems like his thing, mm-hmm. and he's like a much much more talented Brett Ratner usually. <laughs> <laughs> Hercules is pretty fucking well, solid. What's interesting is that Alien and Blade Runner are pretty kind of they're they have their own idiosyncratic like tendencies to them, you know. Yeah. Um, well, everything else seems like I'm not saying that they're bad movies, but they're kind <laughs> of like because like when I look at his filmography, I'm like, oh, that was Ridley Scott. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed like his his uh his flavor was in there, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I see Tony where you're Tony Scott, coming. his brother, is a lot more obvious, I think. Tony Scott has a really, like, a distinct visual, had mm. a distinct... Oh. oh. R.I.P. <laughs> Tony Scott was great, man. He did yeah, some he really good shit. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like we're kind of getting into the argument that we were kind of having during School of Rock, where, like, if you can't sense 
like a director's vision behind something, but it's a great movie. Is that like, is that, I don't think that's well, a bad thing, but I the, think um, that that's yeah. the thing. And that's against the auteur theory sort of thing. you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think he, he's like a, a, a very like workman like director. Like he sees a good script and like puts in a lot of work into getting the right people into like making the production design, the right actors. He's really good with casting. Um, See, look at, look at his brother. His brother has a pretty, it is like a lot more consistent. Like you got True Romance, you got Enemy of the State, Spy Game, Man on Fire, Domino, Deja Vu, Taken of Pelham, One, Two, Three, Unstoppable. You know, like yeah. all, the Days of Thunder. You know, like everything seems like he does. He does like little act. He does action movie man. Mm-hmm. Action movie boy. Yeah, well, and all those movies really do have that really almost like fucking like Edgar Wright style, like very quick, like quickly edited, like action thrillers. Like right. that's that's like what. So his brother is a more like more of an auteur than he was really. Right. Um, but before I forget, I wanted to bring this up because it kind of ties into the whole brother thing. Is that um, and it ties into twenty forty nine coming out. Is that uh, Ridley Scott? right before working on this was attached to and uh, doing pre-production on Dune. Why is everybody in the fucking world working on Dune? Yeah, that's crazy, right? Because Denny Villeneuve uh, is attached to do Dune at some point. Yeah. Um, And I just thought that was like fascinating. But uh, their brother died during the process of Dune, and then he took some time and then came back to the table so maybe that's really interesting, the fact that his brother died right before doing Blade Runner. They had another brother? Yeah, named Frank or something like really? that. Really? Yeah, who wow, passed away I didn't even know about in the one. 80s, so he must have been pretty young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then he came back to the back to Hollywood or whatever. Because it, it was Jordorowski, and then I guess it was Ridley Scott to Dune? Oh, that's... Because, huh. like, Jordorowski had made... Um, well, that was in the, the that script, was in the right? early 70s. Yeah, because he was talking about freaking... He, he got so much shit. Like, he got um, Salvador Dali and uh, when it's Citizen Kane Man. What's his name? Um, I can't think of his name. Well, okay. Orson well- he got Orson Welles to, be, to agree to be in it. Yeah, a- and Dali and... Uh, the guy from Rolling yeah, and Stones. Yeah, he had the script. Yeah, he had the script and score, storyboard all ready to go. And that then... was no, that was in seventy two, seventy three. Okay. So this was like ten years later, because this was yeah, like eighty because one. What, David Lynch actually made the movie. Yeah, and it was just you know it was fine. Yeah, I haven't. I, I well, I need to read the book before I see the movie. But like, yeah, I've read yeah. the book, and when I read when I read the book, I was like, how does anybody make a movie? <laughs> out of this because a lot of it's like internal like monologue stuff you know it always seemed like something complex having not read it i'm obviously a good fucking source on this but like it it always seemed like to me like just looking at the density of the book that it should be like a like a mini series or something yeah for sure there's just like dune tackles so many socio-economical like issues that Mm -hmm. like I don't know how you do it in a movie. Like, I <laughs> well, if yeah, yeah, if Denny does, it'll probably make it fucking three hours, like I'm, he did. Just make the it Blade six Runner hours sequel. and give us an inter- like four yeah, intermissions. Yeah, a fucking intermission. Just set a day aside, get, all get a day, day off work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, dude. how amazing would that be? That'd be wild, man. I'd be on board with that. Yeah. Oh. Um. 
But I mean, yeah. What what about? Do you have any uh, any uh, signature moves? Any other signature yeah, moves in mind? No, really. It's hard. It's hard with Ridley Scott. I don't know, just because of the discussion that we he really, had. yeah, he really isn't uh, an auteur, like a visual auteur. I'd say, I'd say Spielberg's more of an auteur than uh, Ridley Scott. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, he has kind of the the language down, but because like you know, you're watching a Spielberg film. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. While with Ridley Scott, it's like, oh, I didn't know that was a Ridley Scott film. Yeah, he's he's like a yeah. chameleon they're director. Not, yeah, they're not bad. Like mm-hmm. the films that he makes are not, are definitely they're, I, they're great. Yeah, a lot of the time. But you're like, huh? Yeah, yeah. that was him. That's really fascinating, man. Yeah. I want to like look more into that. That's interesting. So, um, what would Link? Oh, do you oh. want to do this? I don't know, man. How what should we approach do, this? Well, we segment? can do we can do one for one for me each. I don't know. Okay, I'll do Rifen. Let's do it this way. I'll do Rifens. You do Linklaters. Fine. Want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first because I feel like it's easier. Yeah, uh, it's you, a got, lot you easier. got a fucking easy um, one. You fucking this movie prick. would have even less talking. Um, it would be. I feel like. Uh, I feel like uh, Rifen would have moved it to Tokyo. I just, for some reason, I think that he would have moved it to Tokyo and he would have had it like in this kind of future era. Um, Honestly, it's not, wouldn't it be different from what Rifen would have done? Yeah, it's not that it, different. I think it would just be fucking violent, more violent. It would be a lot more violent. Yeah, yeah. he would have, uh, yeah, int- like introduced his kind of like art house, uh, like gore fetish side into it. Um, it would have been a fucking probably even a more beautiful movie than it is already. Mm. Uh, would have upped the neon. Uh, I think. Oh man, I feel like there would have been a scene. Okay, I think there would have been a scene to establish. You know how the replicants in this movie, the ones that are like on the run that yeah. uh, Deckard is chasing, uh, you don't really ever see them kill anybody, do you? Like yeah. kill a human. Yeah, they killed the, the, that's the first scene. He kills the, kills the dude. Oh, that's right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, fuck. That kind of undoes my idea because I was thinking like you would have really had this scene. It would have been Rutger Hauer, like who does it, Mm. who like, well, fuck. He already had the scene pushing his fingers into his eyes. Fuck. God damn it. They all, it would have been a lot more gory. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would have like upped it. He would have had like an Oberon from fucking Game of Thrones style, like head smash in there. Okay. Let me, the movie would be exact, exact same, Mm -hmm. just less cuts, just longer shots, longer shots, dwelling, less dialogue. Yeah. I mean, like as far as how the story goes, it wouldn't, I don't think it would be much different. It wouldn't have been as good. That's debatable. <laughs> I think if if um, if Rifen had re remade it, I I'd watch it. it sounds pretty. It sounds like it would be pretty cool because his his aesthetic would match up with uh, L A. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah, neo, right on the money. Would you yeah, say sci-fi. that he would cast Ryan Gosling in the film? What if? <laughs> what if like. Rifen is actually the shadow director of. Oh jeez, yeah, like Denny Blade quit Runner. the project like eight months ago, and then fucking Rifen had to come in. <laughs> Boy, you're gonna love that fucking movie. That's oh for man, sure. I would. Uh... You know what's really interesting? I was uh, this is kind of a tangent, but I was reading some. Uh, the, it was like some article talking about like Dilly Vill- Dilly, 
Denny wow. Villeneuve's fucking signature moves, kind of. Like, it was kind of hitting those marks. And, like, he has a lot of similar shit to uh, Rifen, actually. Like, a lot no, of similar. Like, sure. like, he has, like, the shocking violence. And, like, I was reading a quote that uh, he was saying, like, I hate violence. Like, I, I hate violence in everything. But, like, if it's going to be in something I make, like, there's going to be a purpose behind it, and you're going to feel it. And, like, I thought that was, like, super interesting. Because, like... I think he does like share a lot of similarities with with Rifen in a lot of ways. So I guess we'll you're gonna get your rocks off to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I guess. Well, that's so interesting that he hates violence and he's gonna do Blade Runner twenty forty nine. You know mm-hmm. that that kind of makes me um, feel better because you know Blade Runner at the end of the day is not like we talked about. It's not mm-hmm. some action film. No, not at all. You know, so and there's a time and place. It's like. You know me, I love action films, mm-hmm. but um, Blade Runner was never meant to be that sort of thing. So I think Denny is definitely someone to um, to go about. As far as what Linklater would do, <laughs> I don't know. He'd probably just do the z- exact same thing that, uh, I don't know. I really don't know, because it's kind of, because with the scanner darkly, he respected the novel, apparently, so... Yeah, I'm glad you tied in the yeah. I mean, the fact that he did a, a Philip K. Dick novel um, or a, a fucking adaptation, I should say. Um, I think he would have not had the dystopian society, at least not the imagery that you see in Blade Runner. Yeah. You know, with all the flaming buildings and whatever, it'd kind of just be like a. Um, you could relate to the city. Like, it would make sense, like, it would okay. be modern times, but it'd still be dilapidated and stuff. Okay, you know? yeah, I could see that. I'm yeah. just thinking of Scanner Darkly. I mean, that's what I'm kind of basing I, I can't, it off of. Yeah, I can't, I can't really picture him doing, like, a very, um, like, high-production adaptation of a thing, like, with, like, that has a lot of sets and, like, very, like a lot of, uh, like, set design and, well, like, costumes. With the Scanner Darkly... You had a feeling that it was just near future. I guess how it was, you know, like you, yeah, yeah, like you knew it wasn't present, but um, because of some interesting technology, like the was in the morph suits or whatever, the scramble suits, mm-hmm. but um, it was just like a little bit further ahead, mm-hmm. and that's why I feel like he would done with Blade Runner. Yeah, There'd I not think be it, any flying cars. It'd just be kind of. I, th- I think he would have upped the humanity of the replicants. Oh yeah, like I think he would kind of feel more for. Um, for the, their human side. Was it Sean John? Is. What's her name? Sean John. <laughs> Sean John, yes. Uh, the R&B artist, I yes. think you about it. No, a shoe guy? I don't know. Hold on. My name is on the bathroom floor. I don't know. I don't know. You are the right to have a shop by your father's That's not the guy Hold on. Sean Young. Sean Young, I yeah, think. Yeah, Sean John yeah. from uh, Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> Sean <laughs> no uh yeah there, there would have been more scenes with them less action for for how little action there was i think there would have been even less um right yeah and yeah it would have been more dystopian and less like like balls to the wall fucking futurist like society type foundation shit you mm-hmm. know but um yeah, because yeah, uh he would want us to relate to the actual story more and by keeping it kind of centered in an environment that we could relate to you mm-hmm. know and then we could connect to the people more yeah that's definitely what uh link later would have done uh opening opening uh like line like setting 
Austin, Texas, 2019. Hey, so you, you took that cheap shot. I didn't take that cheap shot. <laughs> I know. You took that cheap we shot. We avoided it until now. We avoided it until now. Because you, you, on the previous episodes, you're like, don't do not do that. I know. I know. I and just then I now, fucking had to. I fucking had to do it. Now you took the cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> Open invite. Richard Linklater. Richard Linklater. Where are you at? Any of, yeah, your yeah. editor. You know what? Just anybody. Friends. Anybody that knows you, <laughs> no, just anybody. In, if you're anybody, listening to this podcast, if you're listening, if you're, one, if you're one of our 20, 20 something listeners, yeah, just come on down. Twenty thousand, you mean? God, there's so many of them. I just wish one of them would join me in this podcast. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you can just show up. Here's my address. X X X X X. Um. Anyways, historical context. Let's let's go back to like 1982. What do you think was going on then? Uh, Re- Re- Reaganomics. Yeah, was Reagan? Yeah, Reagan was like the incoming Re- president. He was the um, incoming president, so he didn't really have. He much wasn't of quite a president yet, right? So before that, we had a good old. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, you say it. I know it, but I just want to test. Your Jimmy, Jimmy uh, Carter. Carter, yeah. right. I was, I was saying Carson for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. he kept like Johnny Carson, Carson was president. Yeah. And, he might uh, as well have been. That was when um, all the, the whole gas crisis and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And Jimmy was kind of um, trying to up government's role and responsibility in society. Yeah. And what was this? This is kind of like the aftermath of Vietnam. Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And also the yeah, this had to have been before, before like the optimistic eighties kicked in, right? yeah, for sure. Because that was like when Reagan took office, and then uh, business was booming, and everyone cocaine was, was coke. practically legal. Mm. Uh, people were just having a fucking good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like before, the, and you know, what? Uh, I think the ET thing kind of draws a interesting, like because there was a line in there that said like the dour nature of the movie and like the, what people said in reviews kind of like made them not want to go. Mm. So I, I, I wonder if like, uh, yeah, Everyone they just, just didn't want to have that a good time. Yeah. I guess. Right. Like mm-hmm. you just did some, you just did some blow and you fucked a prostitute and your, your, your stocks are way up right now at, <laughs> at dogs LLC. And, yep. um, is that a fucking callback? Yeah, it's a callback. Damn, dude, that's some deep shit. <laughs> some deep, Damn. deep cuts for those deep um, fans. Q in episode. I don't even know. I what even know. That was like right. episode eight or something. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yep. Um, I remember that because it was so stupid. Yeah, like it was my, or no, the bonus oh. app or something. I was don't it know, Shrek? Something. Yeah, I think it was the Shrek. Yeah, one. yeah. Because I made such a stupid improv like line, dogs yeah. LLC. <laughs> Like, come on, Adam. You can do better than that. Yeah. But, I mean, that, I mean, the, hey, to be fair, their stocks were fucking booming they in 82, booming. man. Boy. So, like, what what do you do when you're coked up and you just came into a prostitute who's probably pregnant? Um, you, you go watch E.T. Fuck yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? Hell yeah. You don't watch Bladers. <laughs> Hell no! You I don't go want to be you, reminded. You, you relate to the uh, the kind of divorced parents and like yeah. uh, single mom raising your brothers and you. I don't want to be reminded that the prostitute I just came inside is a human being. <laughs> so that's why I'm not gonna watch Blade Runner. 
Well, a lot of people don't know uh, that just basically what you just described was in the original E.T. script. <laughs> and um, it was actually a guy. Um, the mom was a prostitute. I don't know if they really expressly say that in E.T., but um, a guy finishes in the mom and she's just really she's really bummed out. <laughs> And she goes home, and that's the first scene in the movie. Wait, wait does does ET put his finger up to her belly? Well, and that happens in the it? second. Yeah, that happens in the second <laughs> act. Is that he uh, he gives her an abortion by touching her belly button, <laughs> and it's really dark. And I, I really think that it would have turned off audiences if they knew that the uh, "I'll be right here, I'll be right here" as he like touches her belly and inserts himself <laughs> into her. <laughs> Jesus fuck! Sorry, where's we that? It. Where's that version? The the, the final cut, Stevie e. Spielberg. Final cut. Where's that final Spielberg, cut? You're always welcome here. Come on down to the director's showdown. Oh, it's the same word. I thought it was really clever. Come on I down rhymed, to the, it's the same word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry, we're having too much fun here at director showdown. Yeah. But it's yeah, a bonus episode. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. People don't give a shit about nah. about this. Well, I mean, they might listen to. It. I hope people listen to it because the twenty forty nine is coming out. Hey, should yeah. we have a? I'm just like come. I'm just came up with this now, but like, should we have a twenty forty nine episode too? Maybe. I'm. I, I, mean, I guess it's. It all depends on Dennis. If Dennis lets us, um, right? Because right, he's right. not in that one. He said that he's not in twenty forty nine. He's kind of sour about it. So, uh, if he lets us do it, guys, we'll do it. I mean, it's all up to him. Yeah, so. it's up to it's up to Dennis. Or Denny. Yeah. If if Dennis lets Denny let us do it, that doesn't make any sense. We'll see. We'll see. We might have one. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, do you what what is your uh what's your closing maybe no, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit more about just like I feel like we haven't really, right? Yeah, we like, should talk a little <laughs> bit more about like just the general like themes of the film and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I wanna get right into the ending really quick because yeah. I have a lot of issue on people's like insults about it mm-hmm. because, and I'm talking about the, the final cut, not, not any of the When other you crap. say the ending, do you mean the ending with Rooker Hauer or no. the, ab- the absolute, ending? absolute okay. ending where like, uh, Sean, John and, uh, Harry, Harry Ford mm-hmm. leave his apartment and, um, he sees the unicorn that's made by a, uh, Edward James Olmos's character. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, it's a little origami unicorn. And obviously like it reminds the audience of those dream sequences of the unicorn. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh wait, shit, fuck. Is he a replicant? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, he's not a fucking replicant. It doesn't like, it's not supposed to like to me, the argument is kind of like invalid whether or not he is a replicant because he's not. It's pretty obvious that he's he's not. Mm-hmm. But I believe the point is is to show what is made him question like what is it to be human like what is what what is your identity you mm-hmm. know especially on how he was looking at all the photographs Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was looking at his own photographs of his like childhood after he had told Sean John about her um, her photograph that it was just and, like telling her memories. about her own memories. Yeah, yeah. So like, 
that's what's really cool about this is that like what does it what does identity really mean like what and does it even matter that we have like a classification of human or replicant you know what i mean yeah like to me what i got from the film was just like who gives a shit if you're you know human replicant gay black whatever it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what matters is just that you you love and you experience and that's what i got that's why i thought it was yeah. such a beautiful ending you know to that definitely yeah absolutely i think i think kind of the idea of the replicants are kind of extrapolating to like philip k dick's book with like he called them androids and that they didn't even say replicants in the yeah. book but like um is like is it's like a like a replicant is like a microcosm of like a human being basically yeah. and it's like everything crammed into four years almost and so like as far as the ending i i think i think it's so ridiculous that like he has been on record saying like he is a replicant because that's such a shitty thing i'm just gonna to ignore do. i'm gonna ignore all that yeah and he's like, like the thing is like he's not... like backstepped that too yeah in in like recent years like <laughs> And so it's like, shut the fuck, like, don't, if you're, if you're going to leave something ambiguous in a movie that you make, don't don't fucking talk about it. Don't come out and say like, uh, yeah, you know, half you are wrong. I was right. And it is this to me. It's like, like, don't even keep it ambiguous, but let's not kid ourselves that he is human. Like, I don't see why he's, it would, it'd be stupid if he was replicant. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, it doesn't like, make any like sense. Like if you think it's, about the whole fucking movie, like why why would he be a replicant? Well, yeah, it's like it it'd be a the whole thing would just be like a dumb artificial fucking like construct. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. So it it doesn't the I think the bottom line is like it doesn't matter like whether or not you are you know, until That's the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's the point is just like I don't it, identity is not based off like what you were created, like who mm-hmm. created you or whatever. And then he's based off of just like your own experience, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I think it's all there in like the opening, like, um, lines of text, like where it says, like it reached the, the nexus phase, which is they are, um, you can't tell them apart from humans, basically. Like they basically, they basically are humans at this point. Right. And so like, what the fuck, like who, who even cares? You know whether or not they are or not. Well, yeah. See, to me, it's like they are humans because they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they, they have. It's they are literally just uh, genetically engineered humans. Like that's like yeah. What and they is. they feel like they yeah. feel. They get mad. They get frustrated. They get mm. you know. Um, they're happy. Like it's if I don't know. Like if if you can feel. And it's uh, authentic, then you know. I think I think you're probably human. But this basically. thing, that's what I. That's what's so interesting about the whole, um, the whole idea of Blade Runner, mm-hmm. is that doesn't even fucking matter. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter if you're human or not. Like these, um, do these. Uh, like Pris says, I think therefore I am. Is that is that the construct that defines like a legitimate existence? Is it feeling, crying, happiness, you know, emotions? Does that define what? Yeah. To me, 
I got was like, who cares? Just live your fucking life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. have a good life, whether it doesn't matter, especially like how, um, Hauger's character came to his creator and fucking mm-hmm. just killed him. Yeah. Killed his creator. Right. It's us killing God. Yeah. Basically. And it's like, it doesn't, to me, it's like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's like what I do with this life matters. And that's why like with Hauger's character, like I've seen, you know, sea beams off the Tannhauser gate. You wouldn't believe, you know, like he had yeah. these amazing experiences <laughs> And really, his regret is not that he is a replicant, but the fact that it will just disappear, mm-hmm. you know? Which is, yeah, I mean, he, he's a human at the end. Yeah. Like, because that, that's, like, that's the human experience. The fact that that's, like, him at the end of this movie is, like, an old man on his deathbed, basically. Yeah. It's saying, like, God, I've seen so many things, and it's now it's disappear. time to go. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, it's, it's like a microcosm for our whole fucking journey through this shit fest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this fucking disaster this pit called life. Yeah, it just like there's so many. That's what I love about this movie is just like how it just makes me question like or not care about, mm-hmm. um, you know where I came from and stuff. You know, just how I approach life is what it should be all about. Yeah, absolutely, man. So that's why it doesn't make any sense to be like racist <laughs> or, um you know bigoted it's mm-hmm. like who cares yeah dude we're you all know? born and we all die it's fucking ridiculous yeah, like i don't know why you would hate anybody but but that's what was interesting is that all the replicants were aryan mm-hmm. right because <laughs> because yeah. like they were the ones who um they were genetically engineered but they're the ones who actually be are being oppressed you know by general society mm-hmm and uh yeah like uh i pointed it out to you the scene where he says uh that's this is what it is to be a slave yeah it's so interesting because he has like blonde hair blue eyes and he's white and it's like (laughs) i I don't even know what to say about that but it's just it's a fascinating like image to see when Mm -hmm. when he says it for sure because like even if you're perfect the circumstances are different for him because he was just created as a perfect being Mm -hmm. as opposed to uh naturally being i guess Mm -hmm. i want to use that word carefully but you know just born naturally into that kind of perfect perfection yeah yeah so (sighs) shit man so what are your uh uh did you have anything else you want to talk about it or did you want to wrap i mean dude that yeah that about that about covers it i mean the the big things i wanted to cover we we talked about at Mm -hmm. the end there um I mean, yeah. I mean, my my final thoughts. I I love this movie. Uh, it gets better every time I watch it. It's a lot of interesting um, philosophical stuff going on about what it means to be uh, a human being and um, whether or not that even matters. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie's great. It's uh, fucking beautiful. Mm. We didn't talk about the soundtrack, but like Vangelis is. God, it's great. that soundtrack's so good. Like the number of times I, I've put this movie on to like fall asleep to simply because the soundtrack is mm. like in the fucking dozens for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't wait to see what the fuck is gonna be happening in a sequel to this, <laughs> and like how they're gonna yeah. expand on it. Um, apparently, it's great, and I can't mm. wait to see it. But uh, yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, I love this movie too. It's a classic for me. It's in a, um, you've seen my, my top film list and I'm not going to share it to the public yet. 
because they don't. No one gets to see it. The public get, doesn't get to see it yet because it needs to be finalized. But so it is a up lot, there. There's a lot of Brett Ratner on the list. Yep. Is what Adam's not Red saying. Dragon is number one. <laughs> you guys remember that qu- classic? His like best movie you oddly pick for his for number one. <laughs> Rush Hour Three, top of the list. Because like Red Dragon is, I mean, come on, that's a pretty obscure movie. Like who remembers? No, that's that? true. Okay, like, who, fair enough. Fair enough. Just because it was his best movie, does it? <laughs> Like Rush Hour is arguably his most memorable. Rush so. Hour Two is probably his best movie, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like Rush. I like the Rush Hour's movies, honestly. Yeah, those if are I'm going to be totally real right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. They're 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 funny because Chris Chris Tucker is hilarious. Well, two out of three of them are on your list, so I would expect <laughs> nothing less. Yeah, three and two. It's not even the <laughs> one. Three and two, Jesus. But yeah, this uh, Blade Blade Runner is a classic, and. Like I said before, mixing sci-fi and noir is just um, is amazing, and it's done right in this film. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, the it's a it's a beautiful movie, like you said. The whole environment, like, really started a subculture. You know, like the whole the whole aesthetic started a subculture. Dude, yeah, I really I'm really wondering now if like cyberpunk existed before this because I, I always really thought it was neuromancer. So. Well, because like when you. Be- Prior to Blade Runner, sci-fi was pretty much based in fantasy, like Star Wars, right? Yeah, it, like was, was, it, was, it was optimism. It was yeah. fantasy, yeah. And then, then really Scott came in and said, hey, what if the future fucking sucks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know much. what I mean? Let's make it dark. So. I'll, I'll say this for William Gibson's like Neuromancer. It's definitely a different thing. It's more yeah. talking about um, more like virtual reality and kind of... I've always wanted aspect. to read it. I haven't read it. Yeah, it's it's doing a different thing than kind of what he's doing in this, but yeah. Mm. But yeah, um, if you haven't seen Blade Runner, I hate like... Like, I know we've hyped it up in this episode, but I feel like if, we, if you go into Blade Runner 1982, well, Final Cut, you might not be satisfied with it. Because of the hype. If you've never seen it. If you've never seen yeah, it, yeah. I could see that. Because, um, like, when I was talking to John, who's our buddy at um, Revenge of the Sequel, mm-hmm. uh, he was saying how, like, whenever he hyped up Blade Runner, people seem to be, like, kind of yeah, disappointed. Yeah, dude, you can't, you can't hype up Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to let people come to it, like, on their own. Or, like, mm-hmm. rewatch it like I did. Like, take a couple of stabs at it, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, rewatchability is kind of... At least in my book, like my personal kind of um, datum for movies that I like have to have a rewatchability factor. And that kind of mm-hmm. escalates it to um, my favorites because if I get, like, I think we talked about this on the Neon Demon mm-hmm. episode. For sure. If I get everything I need from the film the first time I watch it, then. I don't know. I'm just not interested in it to even think about it even more. But when a film makes me want to watch it multiple times to really get, really get it and it ages like wine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Blade great. Runner yeah. really is like a, is like a fucking aged wine. Mm. Like it, it really like grows over time. I feel well, like. just like thing, the thing, like the thing is yeah. like, uh, everyone hated it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it came out and people were not a big fan. So when we think about Mother, that just came out a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Darren Aronofsky, open invite, please. Yeah, come on down. I would love come to talk to Darren Aronofsky. That'd be cool. Though. He's Brooklyn. Right. I don't. I can't even do a Brooklyn accent. Yo, when I direct the Mother, you know. 
I don't know what I was thinking. I just want to follow Jennifer Aniston around. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Why Jennifer? I want to see Jennifer Aniston and Aaron Austin. I just follow J-Law around until she fucked me. (laughs) Now, there goes the invite. Oh. There goes the invite. Hey. Dude, we've made fun of so many people. Darren, you're... No, Darren's great. great I love Darren Aronofsky. He's like one of my favorite directors right now, dude. He's yeah. so good. But he's too pretentious. <laughs> Fuck people. People are stupid. I mean, we should just make a whole episode on on pretentiousness in film <laughs> film reviews. You know what okay. I mean? That, that's God like another... It. We got to put that under another category yeah, or something. Yeah, bookmark like, that shit. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> idea, though, honestly. Um. Yeah, sure. So... Obviously, you and I both love Blade Runner, and Fuck yeah, man. can't wait until um, next week. Well, I mean, I guess this week, this week if you're listening yeah. to it, um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Denny Villeneuve. Let's like let's talk a little bit about Denny actually. Yeah, dude, he's fucking the Killing best. It. Yeah, Killing he's the it. best uh, new director on the scene. The best fucking high budget director. Well, yeah. Nolan is is there too, but yeah. The new, the new high budget boy. Hell yeah, man! Well, I feel like um, B- Blade Runner is bringing him into the high budget. Prior to this, like, oh I don't, yeah, like yeah, he yeah. really hasn't had a, a big budget. Like Sicario's pretty low. Uh, even Arrival is, it, is like forty mil, 40 which like mil. is decent, That's pretty, like, pretty decent. solid. But um, I mean, Enemy is yeah. great. I love Enemy. Yeah, like he he is an amazing Prisoners director. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> like no. he, he has like, he has an amazing eye. Yeah, as a director, and also he has that fucking like, like okay. So on the Neon Demon episode, we kind of hinted at the fact that like the movies that I connect to most are like really emotional, right. kind of movies that you connect with, and like all of his movies. He has that he dude he like taps into that Spielberg thing hard for me dude like even with uh, Sicario Enemy to a lesser degree but um, Prisoners and fucking An- or, uh, Arrival yeah fuck man those they movies you up. those movies destroyed me man and like but that, it takes also, a great director to do that but they're also like very cerebral that's a that's yeah. thing that's why like that's why he's so good yeah, dude because he's, so he's good. like he's like bringing those worlds together into yeah. like one thing so he's like a he's like a kind of a nolan-esque in a different in a different way he's a he's a nolan if nolan had a heart well yeah see like like there's um <laughs> nolan's a little cold denny's yeah, like he has very cold. warm i think generally mm-hmm. especially with arrival man like arrival is a full sentimental what, what is that thing i said what what did i tell you like if if Kubrick and Spielberg had a baby, it'd be they Denny Villeneuve. They have Denny Villeneuve and mm-hmm. Nolan, and one took a little bit more from the other. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the, that, that was the thing. Uh, Villeneuve is basically a new Spielberg, and that yeah. Nolan's a new Kubrick, and I th- I agree yeah. with that hundred percent. But they have essence of each one, you know. Yeah. Like Nolan, it does have an essence of Spielberg because it it's is not as black mainstream. and white and cut and dry. They're like. It's like a yeah, gray a area where they're yeah. like blending, and together. that's really what we can hope for in new films. Is kind of like, yeah, you know, was it standing on the shoulders of, of a giant sort mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that Denny. I mean, Denny already has made movies that are better than a lot of Spielberg's. Like, yeah. like for sure. Like Arrival's like a Arrival's fucking amazing. an amazing yeah. movie. I mean, 
Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see what he does next, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, after 2049, I guess, because that's coming out this Friday. But <laughs> Yeah, so like and subscribe. Tweet us at Stinker Fridge. Uh, um, what, what else? What smash, else smash, 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 smash that like button. Or else Dennis will kill us. Yeah, or we'll die. <laughs> guys, no no joke, though. We're going to need... Guys, we need at least 50 downloads on this one, or else he's going to kill <laughs> I think us. He's gonna like, kill. he... It, it ties into his residuals from Blade Runner somehow. There's like a financial component. It's really weird, guys. Um, please, though, uh, tell your friends about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell your friends about Fam Films. Tell your friends about Revenge of the Sequel. Revenge of the Sequel just had their yeah. 100th episode. Tweet at us and see like who do you like better? Who, do you like do you like Rifen? Do you like Linklater? Do you like Spielberg? Do you like Kubrick? Who, just let us know. Yeah. Give just us talk little... to us. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, Dennis had hinted at... Uh, I think I hear him waking up. Shit. Um, Dennis had hinted at uh, <sighs> us watching... Jesus Christ. Y'all, y'all ready to fight or what? I just ate so many plants and I'm ready to fucking blow all over this shit. Jesus Christ, Dennis! I, mean, I didn't want—I didn't want this to happen, Dennis. I'm a Dennis, little. What if? Uh, okay, so uh, I, okay, so we just watched Blade Runner. What if? What if? Uh, what if maybe we watch a movie that uh, that 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 you you want to watch that that you want us to see? Would that be okay? Hmm. Any movie? Any movie, Brad? <sighs> God, I—I I don't know. I gotta be honest with you, Dennis. I'm—I'm I'm a little drunk. I don't know if I'm. I think watching a movie would be way better than fighting. I'm just gonna say oh, that right you know now. What? Yeah, yeah, Dennis, Dennis, any any movie, any, any movie in the world. Let's watch any movie you want. Well, boy, do I have a movie for you? Oh no. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next time on Director Showdown. Bye bye.